Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. If you enjoy what we do, then please consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio. Hello and welcome to the Geeky Brummy review of 2017 where we'll be looking back across the year and picking out some of our favourite films, TV, games, etc. Joining me on the show this week will be Keith Bloomfield, Guy Halford, Nate Crowley, Callan Danes, Philip Ellis, George Ellesmere and David Whitney. And we'll all be picking some of our favourites out. So, time for our review of the year. To jump us in for this part, it's going to be Mr. Hardlock Hotel, who's enjoying his lollipop. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Mr. Nate Crowley. Hello. And Mr. Callan Danes. Hello. Keith, was that the best lollipop of the year? No. What was your best lollipop of the year? Um... It was it was probably a chupa chup in the early part of the, the year. <laughs> what flavour? Swizzles Mathlo, keep it British, come on. Yeah, but they're not, not as tasty. Mine was the Swizzles drumstick mega that I just fished out of the geeky brummy bowl. It went down like a big block of sweet meat. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's the tagline for this show. <laughs> right, so to start us off, Keith, your picks of the year. I'll start off with with films because it's been quite an interesting year in film. There's been an, an awful lot of what I've thought of as um, rubbish. <laughs> there's, there's been there's been a few films I've been less than happy with. Garbage. Um, but there's been quite quite a few really good ones that I've quite enjoyed that I've ended up picking up on um, Blu-ray and intend to watch many many times over. But I think if I was having to nail down the film that entertained me the most and made me want to uh, watch it again almost immediately, can I guess um, it? Can I guess it? Can I guess it? You can, can I guess you it? can try and guess it. Is it John Wick Two? It, it is Hello. indeed. Yes! Boogaloo. <laughs> it is indeed John Wick Two. Yes, um, John Wick Two, Doggy Boogaloo. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they were, they were, I really enjoyed the, the first one, and uh, went into this one just hoping they weren't going to ruin uh, all of the things that, that were good about it, and they didn't. They t- they took it and they ran with it, and they expanded all the things that I wanted to expand. All the uh, mythology that they kind of hinted at, they just expanded it. They gave. Um, Lovejoy more to do than he had in in Are American Gods. Ian McShane, <laughs> Ian McShane for the two years. Don't know who he is. Right. Um, he was Obviously magnificent Ray in Donovan it. As well. Wasn't he like just general? He's mob basically guy. Ian McShane in whatever he does, and then he's Lovejoy as well. But um, does Tinker crop up? <laughs> probably in the background. He's probably he's probably doing something. We'll get he'll get his own movie when they do the concierge kind of um, TV series. Um, but I love. I just loved it. It was just. Beautifully put together. The fight sequences were amazing. Keanu Reeves, for a uh, over fifty year old man, kills it. He's amazing. Uh, I, I love him completely and utterly. You know, whatever terrible things he's in in the past, he, he still shines through. Uh, and it was just magnificent. And I loved the ending. It just kind of built and built and built and got to a point where uh, it ends, and you are so pumped. You just want John Wick three to turn up I almost immediately. I wanted more doggo. I wanted the dog in this film because you get about thirty seconds of him dropping the dog off at the hotel, then nothing until the very end. The whole point of him having the dog was it's like his new best friend. Well, I think what they should do is they should do a, an animated TV series of him and the concierge together on their own adventures separately. The yeah. yeah, they should do a, a properly I was animated series. Blu ray special. Yeah. A... I mean, it's not been a good year for dogs. That dog not getting enough screen time. The dog from EastEnders getting fired. You know, this has not been a good year for dogs, really. When I saw Pacific Rim with my mate, and the Australians had the bulldog in it, my friend was so <laughs> he forgot there was a dog in it. <laughs> so now we use the, the phrase, you forgot the dog, for you've, you've become very drunk. <laughs> I always but remember that. If we're talking about dogs, has anybody seen Geostorm? 
No, because I haven't seen it, and so because it's Dean Devlin who's been previously involved in things like you know uh, Godzilla and Independence Day, isn't it? Yeah, because usually they put a dog in jeopardy, and um, what's it? So I don't know if there's any kind of dog dog action in Geostorm. <laughs> I had to finish that sentence. I knew it was wrong, but I still went for they, it. They did that cheap thing in uh, The Day After Tomorrow with the dog in that as well. Yeah. With the dog running. With yeah. The cheap dog they peril. love their They love their dog peril. I can't think of any films that really sort of jazzled my berries this year. I mean, the cosmic Marvel efforts have been good. Um, Thor was, was obviously a delight. Guardians 2... It's a lovely film about fatherhoods, uh, actually. <laughs> uh, genuinely. I wouldn't say lovely. I have to be a good parent. But it was the best use ever of father and son, I must say. Yes. Well, the, the blue man with the, the sail on his head. Good dad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw a pathetic cosplay of that at Comic Con in London, by the way. He's an half a paper plate glued to a swimming cap. I thought it was brilliant. Um, Who's been uh, following the pound shop cosplay that Geeky Review used to do? Oh, so good. But yeah, I can't think of... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you Wick 2. Um, I'm really struggling to think of anything that's really blown blown my bum off. <laughs> Callum? I mean, if, for, for me, film of the year... Um, it's it's not strange to spend it at Cumberbatch, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely. Um, no, um, I think it's a bit of a basic and predictable choice, I feel. Um, Paddington 2. Yeah, best movie of the year. Don't um, mess with Paddington. Good, good. <laughs> um, no, Logan. I think it's very good. It took this, It took him out on a high note. It didn't just let him just go out on... Does he so- die? Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it. Spoilers. I'm, I'm not saying what happens to him. I thought it was a sequel to Real Steel. Act- yeah. We know the actor's not returning to the role, so... Yeah. Do we? Are we 100% certain well, that that's going to happen? It merged two comic book storylines, didn't it? So you had Old Man Logan mixed up with the Death of Wolverine storyline. Yeah. You know, they kind of just mashed it yeah. into this one film. But Keith, you're a big fan of the noir version. Uh, yeah, if you, if you get the opportunity... There's... There's something quite nice about the kind of washed out, sun drenched look that they go for in the colour version, um, but it, do, it does become a, a completely different film if you watch the the black and white version, which which comes with the Blu-rays. Uh, it is a re- it's a really nice variation of, of that movie. Although I'm not, I wouldn't have said, I wouldn't have. It's, it's good in parts, but I, one thing that yeah. got me about the whole Hugh Jackman Wolverine run is he never actually suited up properly. He never saw the mask on. There's point, like yeah. 18 movies he did as Wolverine. So he never wears the mask. No. He would have looked like a, a, a bit of a, of a fool. Yeah. Right, moving along. Keith, TV show of the year. Uh, I'm going to pick something that uh, it has come to an end, unfortunately, but it's, it's, it's the, all the seasons of it so far have been some of the most beautiful television that I've ever watched. Uh, it's a little bit off the beaten track. It's on BBC Four. Alan Carter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm, I'm picking the incredibly beautifully written and wonderfully directed Detectorists from Mackenzie Crook, uh, with Toby Jones in as well. It's just it's it's a cosy blanket of television. It's a half an hour of just fuzzy British eclectic humour that is. Um, just, just—it's a winning formula. They've had, you know, a, a few seasons of it. They're, they're ending it 
um, on a high. And it is just, it's just lovely. It's just played beautifully. It's got time to breathe. There's scenes where nothing really happens. They're out in the kind of countryside. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's, it's For wonderful. Those who haven't seen it or heard of it, can you sort of summarize it's, it? Give us it's the story of a group of uh, metal detectorists who um, have kind of, you know, slightly obscure and bizarre adventures looking for treasure. Sounds pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to think. Did Westworld get run into this year? Because I'm still utterly no. in love with it. Last no, year. but let's, let, let, you can have well, it. It, you can came out, it. It came out on Blu-ray. Do you so know you what? I ain't it. seen anything that bested it this year. And I'm in love with it in, in the sort of like an abusive relationship with a ghost that I can't get out of. It just haunts me. You know, that is, that is you know, starts off a television park about a, a theme park you think it's going to be a television show about a theme park that goes wrong. It ends up being the chronicle of the birth of a new species. You know, I mean, it's, mm. that's some heavy telly. Yeah. It's so good. I mean, if I could have picked it as mine, I would have done, but I didn't know I could. Um, <laughs> Taken already. I didn't know last year counted. So you, um, You've already recommended it once this year. I know, because I love it, and I can't wait for it to come back next year. Final episode was December 30th, so we're only two days out. <laughs> Um, you watched it on time slip, so you watched it in January, so it counts. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, my pick is a Netflix show, Mindhunter. Right. All out now, available to binge. Ex- with... Explain. Um, so it's all Because it sounds like it should be a crappy 80s TV cop show where he's got special powers. <laughs> <laughs> or like a um, big game hunter who searches it's, for it's, brains. It's a, te- it's a terrible name, um, but it's a really good show. It's about um, how they come about, like reset uh, like understanding like criminals and like what goes on in their brain and it's really weird and trippy cool keith comic of the year um i'm going to choose uh one i've kind of already mentioned before on the show but um helena crash um in trade now four issues it was it's just crazy and bonkers and i love it nate um Comics, there was an amazing Belgian indie comic I picked up called The Last Brady, that's B-R-A-E-D-Y, which is a chronicle of a World War I tank. Amazing bit of machinery, actually an incredible human story as well, and a fantastic tradition of European World War I comics. Callum? Huh? Me? Yes, comic? Uh, my comic is a very, very basic pick, anyone who knows me, uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic. Because it's amazing and because it's messing about with continuity here, there and all over the place and it's really exciting and massive battle coming up. Okay, Keith, podcast, music, toy, merchandise, star of the year and video games. Go! (laughs) I'm going to start with a uh, video game. Uh, Played it at EGX uh, and we're going to pick Cuphead uh, because I just keep coming back to it. It it kicks my butt on regular occasions and... um, I, I do quite enjoy playing it. The music and the, and the look of it is fantastic, so I really quite enjoy playing that. And it's it's only sixteen quid. It's a it's a steal compared to the seventy pound plus microtransactions you're paying for other games out there uh, by other companies. Um, podcast you don't have to pay a full two thousand pounds. Yeah. I want to you know I, I want I want a loot crate that might give me nothing. Um, uh, podcast. Oh, you know I think. Um, there's many, many out there. I, I just can't pick one. I, I like listening to the 2000 AD Empire, uh, Mark Mode and Simon, Skip to the End, Mutant Frenemy. There's there's loads of podcasts out there. To recommend one is probably um, too hard a job for me. I can't think of it. Um, music wise, this has been a pretty pretty terrible year, really, in terms of overall music bits and pieces. There've been a few things that have. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to pick one one 
one track actually because the album doesn't come out till next year and that's uh, Bring a Lemon to a Knife Fight by the Wombats uh, has got a great video top tune yeah <laughs> I like the Wombats they're a good band they should do another Christmas song Maybe their previous Christmas like. song I think they should split up and then reform as the Drop Bears <laughs> that's just shocking but they should yeah. do another Christmas song because their previous Christmas song was really brilliant um, book m- book. I'm going to pick the uh, I don't know whether it's readily available it's pretty tricky to get hold of The Art of the Thing which is fantastic it's got just loads of posters about the thing and uh, it's fantastic and um, for a toy yeah any old franchise is Funko Pop if you if you like a franchise there's probably a Funko Pop that goes with it so treat yourself fill your boots uh, your star of the year sorry my star of the year uh, Steve McFadden <laughs> I'm gonna pick him. Yes, just just because we seem to talk about him every week. So yeah, he's he's cool. Right, I'll rattle through mine uh, books. Obviously, uh, my own uh, horror sci-fi adventure: The Death and Life of Schneider Rack. Uh, Shameless plug-in. <laughs> Jk, Jk. Uh, my real book of the year is Kings of the Wild. That's wild, spelt with a Y, uh, by Nicholas Eames. Uh, which is an absolutely classic fantasy story. That's also somehow about old school rock and roll. Really, really good. Uh, like sort of Pratchett, Abercrombie combined. Nice. Great stuff. Uh, did comic already. It's the one about the World War One tank podcast. Um, it's a bit of a cliche, but I'm going to have to say uh, the Adventure Zone by the McElroy Content Empire, which is three brothers and their dad playing D and D. Utterly bloody charming. Um, music. Um, yeah, I'm kind of agreement. Not much mind-blowing stuff this year. Saw Devon Townsend uh, touring back at the beginning of the year. Can't remember where his album Transcendence was. I think it was out right at the start of the year. Uh, but I'm a big histrionic prog metal buffoon, so that delighted me. The man is a prolific genius. Uh, toys, merchandise, uh, don't believe in rampant consumerism. So I'll uh, conscientiously object to that. Uh, star of the year, not Steve McFadden, but Phil Mitchell, the character. Subtle difference. Uh, and games, I'm usually a bit of a darling for indie games, but actually this year it was a AAA, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, it's astonishingly beautiful game, incredible hunting game, um, and just astonishing writing, suffused with, you know, really, really touching themes of loss and, uh, and getting by, and robot dinosaurs. So quickly, Callan, you wrap us up with yours. Right, um, I've not been playing many games this year, um, so just sap up, fractured but whole. <laughs> Argus woman. Child. <laughs> um, music, I'm, for me personally, it's actually been a really good year for music. Um, so either Flower Boy by Tyler the Creator or Heaven Upside Down by Marilyn Manson. That is a complete <laughs> contrast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, toy merchandise, I don't know, get a pop vinyl, um, and star of the year, Adam Woodjot. <laughs> I'm loving all We're the all over the EastEnders. <laughs> right, so it's time for me versus Mr. Halford on our picks of the year. Bring it. Right, I'm going to start off, Phil, your name. I've talked about this on the show before, Makoto Shinkai, absolutely beautiful beautiful artist it's an amazing anime film if you've not watched it please watch it i know it was out last year but it's been on limited release this year and it is now available on blu-ray and it looks so stunning it is one of the most beautiful things i've ever witnessed what's it about because you keep mentioning this to me so right to explain the story it's 
It's really hard to explain the story because I don't want. It's, selling it's, that, mate. You're it's selling so that. full of spoilers, so full of spoilers that I can't really explain it. But it's it's basically a love story across time and space of two young people. So one's based in uh, Tokyo, living in the city. One's based in uh, rural Japan, and they do body swap. So it's a bit like Freaky Friday if you've ever watched that film. So it's kind of like a body swap movie that they keep swapping backwards and forwards. So they take over each other's lives and roles. But then there's a twist that comes into the middle of it. Is, is it Jason Statham? No, it's not Jason Statham. Can I fall It's in Adam Wood, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh my God, imagine, imagine, imagine <laughs> Phil and Ian swapping by at bodies. Wow, that's an episode of EastEnders I would watch. But there no. you go, Nate. There's an idea for your second book. Then. Body swap with Phil and Ian. <laughs> well, never done that. Soap opera body swap. Yeah. Swap, across, swap across shows What would well. happen if Phil and Grant swapped? Nobody would know. Nobody knows. <laughs> But anyway, it's an absolutely beautiful love story. Uh, it will bring you to tears, probably, when you watch it. So I really recommend it. And it is the biggest selling anime film of all time <coughs> in Japan. And it's brought uh, Hayao Miyazaki out of retirement to try and beat it. Oh, oh is that the, was that what prompted it? Yes, cool. so we're going to get another Ghibli film just off the back of this movie. So you can't even say more than that. Two for price one. Yep. Guy, come on then. You know where I'm Tell going. me your You'll worst know, film of the year. You know oh, I'm God, going. I know I'm, where he's going. I'm going to have to repeat how I said it on air when we first Rubbish. started. Mother! My oh, film, bad movies. There my film of the year is the Jennifer Lawrence vehicle, Mother. People Don't hate you the Darren Aronofsky vehicle. Well, it is what it is. This blew up now. Yeah. But, um, no, I loved it. Everything about it to me was brilliant. You Rubbish. and Phil hated it, Rubbish. ripped it apart on the show, didn't let me go over in Edgeways. It's now my turn to defend it. I loved it. It was so I ludicrous. I think we need some more music, Callum. <laughs> it so yeah, this, this link's gone on long enough. So ludicrous and stupid and over the top, and it was like a visual assault on the senses. I've not seen anything like it in film for a long time. I absolutely adored it. I can't wait to watch it again. I'm hoping it's out on Blu-ray soon, so I really want it. It was just... I did not see the turn that film would take. And the last half an hour, I think when we saw it in the cinema, and we were looking at each other like, what on earth is going on? You came out, hated it. I came out loving it. And I think that's what was great about it, is the opinion, complete opinion divider it's, of that it's film. It's one of those, it is probably one of the most divisive movies that's ever come out in the cinema. Um, mm. But to me, it was just terrible from start to finish. To me, it was just wonderful. It was the increasingly poor decisions of Mother Earth. That's what they should have named that, te- that film. Yeah, I, I can see why people hate it. But at the same time, for me, it was just... It's everything I wanted. I did. I went in knowing nothing about it, apart from maybe it might be about home invasion, and that is totally not the direction it took, and I'm so grateful yeah, that it on. exists. Well, I'm bloody intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> if I was the distributor, I'd hold out releasing the Blu-ray until just before Mother's Day. Yes. So you could get Mother's Day. <laughs> could you imagine we getting that on Mother's oh, Mum, nice. let's watch this film together. It's all about Mother's. <laughs> <laughs> Right, TV streaming. We picked two each because we're greedy. Yeah. So I'm starting off with Star Wars Rebels, which is one of my favourite animated series of all time as well. Um, so this takes place mid, basically Rogue One era for the latest series, season four. It's brought Grand Admiral Thrawn back into Star Wars, so I'm always grateful for that. We've had the return of Darth Maul in it. It's been absolutely fantastic run. We've had Vader, the Inquisitor, played by Jason Isaacs. In season one, that was a brilliant wow. character to bring back in as well. But this um, this is basically the story of a small faction of rebels. So we start off with uh, Ezra and Kanan. Who Kanan if, has 
had comic series. Basically, he was a Padawan at the time of Order 66, so he's not a fully trained Jedi. And he finds a Force-sensitive child who's named Ezra, and then he tries to train him in the ways of the Force. So you've got two, basically, half-Jedi trying to fight against the Empire in a resistance cell. And then it just builds up and up with the Rebellion becoming a thing. We get Saw Gerrera in it, you get Mon Mothra in it, is you it, get Lando Calrissian in it. It's pretty much perfect Star Wars. Is it like um, a sort of a Harry Potter thing where it starts off for kids and gets darker and darker? Yeah. I, th- I think they've pulled it back more towards the, like, the last series, Keith, would you say? Um, there's still some serious stuff yeah. going down. It's, yeah. just be- it's just matured in its storytelling. I think, yeah. that's, I think the, the analogy with Harry Potter is a really good one because it started off kind of quite kiddie. light and yeah. kiddie and slapsticky and, and, and as, as matured as time goes on. A bit a, like, as you would expect, the seriousness yeah. of the situation they find themselves in is yeah. getting darker and darker and, and the show reflects yeah. that. And the first series it is pretty much this cell of rebels on their own doing what they think is right and there's no actual relationship with the rest of the rebellion and then it, as the series builds up it does become a, a big part of the greater whole second series star trek discovery what more can i say about this yes we got star trek back after 12 years thanks bakula for ruining the franchise by the way <laughs> but we've had star star trek back some people it's been a very divisive series some people have hated it some people have loved it i'm sitting on the love side at the moment i think it's been brilliantly crafted and it's great just to have Star Trek back on our screens. And I love it more now that the rhythm of the episodes has got back to original series it's Monster back of the to, Week style. Yeah, it's gone back it's to Monster Mon- of the Week, but with an underlying story plot across the whole season, and I really recommend it. Guy? Yeah, again, two for me. Uh, I'll start with the, what, would, what would have been the show of the year had something not come out this year, and that is The Juice. Um, Ryan, you just said it was like James Franco's small eyes. Tiny eyes. <laughs> the, to me, this Like two little butter beans. This was absolutely brilliant TV. Um, it's from David Simon, who made The Wire, and this is like the closest thing to a sequel The Wire has ever had. Um, it's just about porn in the seventies. It's about the rise of the. Porn oh, I wonder why Guy likes this. It's fascinating. Every character is really likable, even the despicable characters. And it's just, I just really enjoyed watching every episode. I didn't want it to end. Maggie Gyllenhaal's weird because when she took over from Katie Holmes in Batman, that's where I'm still phasing her in my head. And when she turns up playing a prostitute, it's a Maggie, little bit weird. Maggie Gyllenhaal. God bless her, has had to go through some stuff in that show. But no, honestly, it's really enjoyable. And yes, it's gritty and it's about you know the pornography industry, but it's really fun as well. And it's got a, like HBO made vinyl the year before. But yeah. This seems like their apology for screwing up with a 70s theme series and actually getting it right this time. Well, you get Double Franco without Dave. I think the Double Franco works as well. It does actually work. I, I honestly, I've really enjoyed it. I can't wait for series two because apparently it's going to jump ahead a few years now to when like porn and cinemas and was at its high point home video that's going to be that's, series three apparently. Right, exactly. like so the, like the breakout of aids and home video like the decline of porn and you know mass porn and cinema and stuff so it's the decline of porn no there's a t- there's a movie story title <laughs> it's just interesting it's going to be over like three type distinct time periods of like when this was happening it, it needs to come off sky atlantic so i can see it because that's a bit of a shame but i'm going to try and guess what your best show of it. the year was i reckon it was a it's a cooking show about coffee and cherry pie it involves coffee and cherry pie. It's Master Chef the Professionals. <laughs> now, the outright, the outright win of the year was the amazing return of Twin Peaks, which quite literally blew my mind, broke my mind, frustrated me, annoyed me, made me happy, has haunted me now since it ended with the final shot. I, Munch came back and he just made phenomenal TV. Episode 8, single-handedly one of the greatest episodes of television ever made, Keith, I think you'll agree. Uh, yeah, that, that, the, the episode 8 and episode 16 just took TV to another level. Yeah. Um, I, I deliberately didn't pick it as my choice because I knew you would pick it, but it was one of those uh, 
we, you're never going to see TV like it no. again, really. It kind of it took everything that was good about Twin Peaks and Firewall with me and just kind of ran with it. And it was un, unleashed Lynch. It was superb. And I don't even care that there's loose open threads there. Because as far as I'm concerned now, there's an end to that story. And it's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, 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 I'm, horrifying. I'm quite happy for it never to continue. And that's that's it. We get it. And that's yeah. that's all. Lynch, you came back. You did well. Please don't be involved with a sex scandal. <laughs> All right, Please. time to rattle through what Please. else we have remaining for me. Book is related to somebody in the room. It's hundred gr- greatest games you've never heard of. Ass it, kisser. It, 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 was, yes. <laughs> it was that. Who polisher? Well, it was a toss up between that and Sherlock Holmes, read by the amazing Stephen Fry on Audible. I'll say that. Which is a brilliant book. And it's brilliant to listen to. But as it's an audiobook and it's not in pages, I can't really give them that one. But Nate's book is full of hilarity and it made me belly laugh, which has been a very long time since an actual book has made me have a good chuckle and laugh. So go and get it now. I pray it's man. Uh, book for me, Twin Peaks Final Dossier. Because I don't tend to read books that much and this book kind of filled in some of the, uh, the, the solutions to some of the questions left. So thank you for Mark Frost for actually solving some of the mysteries for us. So... That's mm-hmm. my book of the year. My podcast of the year is the Adam Buxton podcast. Ooh, so yeah. he basically gets all of his mates around, one one mate per episode, and they just chat crap for an hour, and it's just such an amazing listen. I mean, the first ever episode with Louis Theroux, it's just, it just goes up and up and there from a high point. Wow. I'd quite like him to do just one episode where he interviews his, interviews Rosie in yeah. the field. That'd be quite nice. I'd quite listen, like I want to more, listen to him interview his dog. I want episodes with the Joe, <laughs> and just make Adam and Joe again, please. Oh, sex music days. Those were good. Yes. Podcast? A podcast Twin Peaks rewatch because of how to solve some of the answers for Twin Peaks. You're going all out, man. Yes. I'm, wondering t- I'm wondering what guys' Twin music and... Uh, pa- I don't think so. Are they going to be Twin Peaks related? <laughs> cool. Comic of the Year, Dr. Afra, Star Wars. There we go. Then. I don't read comics, but I picked up the modern Archie comics this year and started reading those. And they're the quite... Riverdale, the ones based on the TV series? No, just the... like the re- just... re- revamp, yeah. and I'm quite interested by it. I do miss the old comic strip style, but I'm quite interested by the fact they've tried to make an 80s teen comedy comic book sort of Did thing. Did you used to read Archie back in the day? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I was a big fan of it, so it's quite interesting. I quite... So I ventured into comics and bought Archie and Joseph and the Pussycats. Mm-hmm. Cool. Right, toy merchandise of the year. My pick is the Lego Star Wars Advent Calendar because it's a treat every day for 24 days. What more could you want? Uh, mini snares. Yes. Have Have you finished playing with it yet? No. Is it better than your PlayStation VR, which you spent four times the amount? Uh, It's just, it's just good to have. It's just nice. It's, it's, it's fun. I got addicted to F Zero, which was quite fun. So I'm glad I got one. How is Star Fox Two? I haven't played it. Still, you have to unlock. You have to play Star Fox One and unlock the first level to unlock Star Fox Two. So it's Do a winged devil. Yeah. At least it's not a loot box that you got to open. <laughs> <laughs> I know what Keith's game not of the year is. <laughs> uh, my game of the year, even though it pretty much got trashed and released, is Mass Effect Andromeda. Mainly because I love the Mass Effect universe. It's space sci-fi fantasy, which I've always loved. It combines. Pretty much magic and technology into this beautiful thing. But I just wish it would be more Mass Effect too. Honestly, mate, you are the third person this week who said to me they love Andromeda, but that the world hates it. So yeah. I think you're a large underground movement. It's not a bad game at all. It got panned at release because it was the usual EA job of let's rush it out to market because we need to have a quarter profits. But I really liked it. 
Uh, I didn't really play many games this year, but I'll go with Keith and Cuphead. Cuphead's great, so. Yeah. And start of the year, Ryan? Start of the year has been my beautiful wife, Vivian, who has supported the show throughout the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, a good, that's a good nomination. I'm, I'm fully that's behind lovely. that, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Jodie Whittaker. <laughs> Not an EastEnders okay. cast member. No, I think <laughs> Jodie Whittaker, that was the surprise of the year. Didn't even see her in the running for Doctor Who. And honestly, I think this is a great casting. And, you know, fair play for being the first woman Doctor Who. Potentially a northern Doctor Who as well. And I think she's going to be great. I'd like to point out she's not the first female Doctor Who. She's the first female Doctor. The character's called The Doctor, not Doctor Who. Who? Oh, all right, mate. <laughs> all right, I, I'm hoping Who? that, I'm hoping <laughs> that <laughs> the 30 seconds or whatever we get, we get of her in the Christmas special is kind of one of the highlight moments Only of the year. When she comes in with, back with the rest of the Dex's Midnight Runners. <laughs> I'm, happy, I'm happy with I'm happy with the choice. I think it's yes. going to be great. So one of her companions is going to be Mindy. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's my 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 person of the year. All right, so it's time for more wrap ups of what we've enjoyed this year. George, do you want to give us a list of what are your favourite things of the year? Mine are probably shocks to no one in that a lot of the stuff I've enjoyed this, especially this year, has been Wonder Woman related. I've been waiting what feels like my entire life for there to be a Wonder Woman solo movie, so I was delighted that that actually happened and was good, but not total trash, which I was terrified it would be, so that was great. Um, my kind of like star of the year, if you like, um, I'm also going to go with Patty Jenkins, who directed it, because she, A, she did a brilliant job, but she also stood up to a lot of utter nonsense from James Cameron who tried to come at her and tell her her film was bad and tried to tell a female director how to do female representation in a movie properly. Sorry, so, Mr Avatar up. himself. Yes. Mr Fern Gully, yes. The Last Rainforest in 4D. Yes. Tried to tell a female director. The one who fat shamed Kate Winslet all the way through Titanic, yes, tried to tell a woman how to be nice to women. So Why are we not surprised? She, she dealt with it like a champ and she was very mature and really professional about it rather than just telling him to F off, which I think I would have done. So props to her. Uh, comic book wise, I'm really loving the new run of Astonishing X-Men at the moment. Um, it's got some of my favourite kind of X lineup. Um, got a bit back in it, which is great. Uh, it's just been a really fun title. They've been have done some really good stories. It feels like a classic X-Men story and I'm really enjoying that. So who's your favourite non-Gambit or Rogue X-Men? My favourite non-Gambit or Rogue X-Men. I like Storm. Mostly because she's hilarious. Uh, there's a, a brilliant podcast that... Um, I would pick my podcast of the year, but it's been around for ages. Um, Jay Miles explained the X-Men, and they talk a lot about the voice of Storm in the 90s cartoons and how it's really amusing to go about your everyday life talking like she does. So if you can imagine Storm trying to order a pizza. I would like extra cheese! It's, it's really good. Um, I would recommend that if you're bored as <laughs> an activity. Um, but my actual podcast of the year, I'm going to pick Slayerfest 98. They're doing a Buffy rewatch and they're hilarious. And our very own Philip Ellis was a guest on it and it was great. What? what? Any other things of the year? Um, I'm struggling to think what else I've really enjoyed. There's been some really, really amazing stuff out on Netflix. Um, I'm really loving the latest seasons of Crazy Ex Girlfriend and Jane the Virgin. Uh, particularly Crazy Ex Girlfriend. They are doing brilliant things with a female anti hero, which is something that we don't see enough. I thought Jane screens. the Virgin had finished. Or well, no, that was a network going. run. Yeah, it's still ongoing. Okay, cool. Dave? Okay, so film-wise, I think I'm going to have to go for Thor Ragnarok. It's just, everything about it just blew me away. They finally got the balance right for the Thor movies. And, yeah, it was just, it was hysterical. 
Um, and Taika Waititi yes. is one of our now all-time favourite directors. Yeah, I'd say to be fair, I was not familiar with any of his work like before oh, Ragnarok. Go, go, go now watch what we do in the shadows. I'm, I'm, I'm going oh. to. I love that film. Yeah. Um, TV and streaming show, I'm going to go for Luke Cage. Right. Is that was, soundtrack or character? No, uh, sorry, um, the TV and streaming show. Yes. Yeah. It was... For me, I, I'm a huge Luke Cage fan anyway, and this series just got it. It was dark, it was gritty, and it was Luke Cage being his overpowered best. Yeah. Um, Book-wise, haven't really read anything this year, other than comics, which, you know... Uh, Comic-wise, though, I'm going to go for the Darth Maul miniseries that mm-hmm. came out from uh, from Marvel, which, yeah, it was fantastic to to read. The artwork is beautiful, and equally, it just it pads out the story of Darth Maul a bit more than you just see in him getting sliced in half in the Phantom Menace, in, in Phantom Menace and a couple of appearances in Clone Wars and Rebels. Well, it, it was actually quite nice. I think his mm. final appearance in Rebels really yes, it, was it, a great it, way yes, to bring it back. It was back a beautiful in. way to sum it up. Um, Game wise, I think it's got to be. Even though I literally only played the very first bits last night, um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. It is incredible. It's the the the, the look of the the play, look of Victorian London is perfect, and I love the fact that they've got stuff like Spring Hill Jack in it. They've got the Jack the Ripper stuff. There's just so much detail, and in equally, I'm quite liking. Well, I'm looking forward to the whole Evie Fry and Jacob Fry being able to like switch back and forth between them, and them actually being distinct characters rather than. They're just coming in by a ship now. <laughs> um, yeah, rather than being the same character in a different skin, they play differently, yeah. which is something that a lot of games miss. Um, and, and out on Game of the, Game of the Year edition as well now. Yes, exactly. It's uh, definitely worth picking up. Yep. Um, Podcast wise, even though it's not out this year, I only discovered this year, so I'm, I'm having it. Jane Miles explained the X Men, which George alluded to earlier. I'm up to. I think. I think I only started listening to it about um, about a month, six weeks ago, something like that, just, just before I started a current job, and I'm already up to about episode forty. I'm just it's it's forty minutes of fun of trying to explain the the utter ridiculousness it's of the X Men. The ins, outs, and retcons of the X Men. Yes. Yes, it's... I can imagine trying to draw that on a map in a room somewhere and getting very oh, yeah. lost very you, quickly. You, prob- you probably need something like the interior of the uh, the space space shuttle hangar, just to, just <laughs> just to try and get everything fitted in neatly. Um, toy merchandise, as always, the Gundams. Um, I'm particularly liking the uh, the real grid at the moment. They're, yeah, the the, de- the level of detail is comparable to the the Master Grade series, which are much bigger. But in a smaller format that are much easier to display. Nice. Um, star of the year. I'm going to go for technically Ron on Twitter. It's I've <laughs> I yes. discovered him on, on online through George, and every time I see a tweet from him, it is it is hysterical. Yeah. Some of his put downs, especially on, you know, quite. Quite yes, very. Yes, it's very. I'm trying to struggle with the the descriptions. I'm going to jump in with a plug for him. You can pre-order his new book at the moment as well. He's got his second book out, which is all about surviving with anxiety. Um, I used to work with Ron years ago. He's brilliant. Um, yes. So yeah, pre-order his book because it's going to be great. He is sharp as a lemon-dipped envelope. He is. <laughs> <laughs> 
Phil? So, um, for my music of the year, I'm going to go with two albums and tours um, by Fantastic Women. So, Melodrama by Lord, which came out um, in the summer. Um, just absolutely fantastic album, all killer, no filler. Is it Lord or Lorde? I can never get it right. I, I think it's just Lord. Um, I just, I, it's, it's just phenomenal. I, I saw her perform this autumn, and um, she's just like so delightfully weird. Um, it's like she's she is a, oh, it is a nice. she's a she's a, a more like trendy um, Kate Bush. She's Kate Bush, but with pop appeal, I think. It's nice they do let her off South Park filming commitments. <laughs> oh my god, oh god, yeah, Randy. Um, so yeah, so Randy is touring uh, the world as Lord um, at the moment. And um, the other album and tour, which was just absolutely brilliant, for, di- for different reasons, was um, Rainbow by Kesha. Just because um, it was really, really lovely to see this album all about empowerment and, and overcoming all of the... All like terrible, terrible things that have happened to her, and, and sort of her entire career and life being on hold for about four years, and now she's sort of come out swinging, and the, the love that she's getting for it feels completely justified. And there's some proper bangers on there. She does a duet with Dolly Parton. It's just, it's a, it's it's a really Kesha fun, it's a fun like you know um, life affirming album. It's just really, really, it's a great listen. Um, so if you're if you know sort of driving or going for a run or something, it's brilliant. Um, is it windows down, blaring? Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Um, so that's the music. Um, book-wise, I have had an intense emotional affair with a novel called A Little Life by Hanya Yanigahara, which was shortlisted for the book, I think, last year. I, I eventually got around to reading it. It's like 600-odd pages long. Um, I care about the characters in that novel more than certain members of my own family. Um, so I, 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 if you are um, in the mood for a, a, a read that will garrote you with your own heartstrings, then I recommend that. Um, How is the unread pile looking now? Is it ever an increasing circle? It's, well, it's just invisible now, because I, I, I'm a convert to Kindle. So now it's just, I don't have the guilt of all the books physically piling up. They're just sort of piling up on my device instead. Especially now, I'll go on the sort of a spree and just download stuff like really impulsively, and then it just never, never gets read. Um... TV-wise, I've been thrilled with Star Trek Discovery. Um, it's it's not a Trek series as I remember them from the 90s, you know, growing up watching Deep Space Nine and Voyager. It's not the science and exploration show that I want it to be, but I feel like it is, it's going to get there once they get this sort of war storyline out of the way. It's absolutely brilliant. Sonequa Martin-Green is a revelation. Michelle Yeoh was... We, oh, we barely knew her, but she was brilliant in it as well. Um, Doug Jones is phenomenal. I think Doug Jones, actually, I'm going to say, is my star of the year. Mm. Um, just He deserves some kind of Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, because he's there was an amazing profile of him in BuzzFeed um, not too long ago where it shows just what impact on pop culture he's had from playing the zombie in Hocus Pocus to being one of the gentlemen in Buffy and then being the kind of the monster muse of Guillermo del Toro. So he's my star of the year. So my movie of the year, I mean, it feels like it came out so much longer ago but it's get out um old it's it was just um a fantastic uh satire that worked as you know it works on comedy levels it works on as a horror movie um and it was just absolutely brilliant i think that jordan peele did a fantastic job um it was kind of that you know black mirror style story where the dread just sort of escalates and escalates and gets stranger and stranger 
Um, the Sunken Place is a truly iconic sort of horror creation now, I think, and it's, all, it's already become part of the cultural slang. Um, Daniel Kalu is brilliant. I think even um, Alison Williams, who, I, uh, I mean, obviously she's m- known for playing Marnie in Girls, who's the whiniest of all the girls. Um, but so even she... still watch Girls? Oh, well, it's, it's, it's finished now. Thank I mean, God. I... Uh, yeah. And Lena Dunham... Lena Dunham is cancelled. Lena Dunham is cancelled. If we're doing the anti-person of the year, it's her. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, and, and it, it's just... It's brilliant, and, and Jordan Peele has said that it's the first of what he hopes will be a series of um, films about what he calls social demons, so I can't wait to see what he does next. Um, oh, my gosh. Also, um, another, another TV show of the year, just Jordan Peele um, is the ghost of an old jazz singer in Big Mouth on Netflix which is an animated uh, sitcom about puberty. Uh, it's so amazing just because it has these two fantastical creations in it. There's the hormone monster, who's this sort of invisible friend of the boys, and then the hormone monstrous, voiced by Maya Rudolph. She is a sublime creation. Just the way she speaks and everything, it's just, it's perfect. I was really happy to hear you watch your first anime as well this year with Castlevania. I did. I really enjoyed it. I, I think that what I what won me over was, I mean, some of the visuals were lovely, and the voice work is really great in that. Richard Armitage as... Um, oh, he's just got a voice like butter. Yeah, and, and yeah, oh, yeah, that's... I was, I, was, I, was, I was won over by that, to say the least. Does it encourage you to watch it anymore, anyway? Well, I, so I, I did start watching Death Note, actually, um, mm. because I wanted to just get a little head start before I saw the live-action whitewashed remake, um, which was appalling. So again, if we're going to say worst film of the year, I would say it would be, you know, Death Note. Any, or Mother. <laughs> a, any anime remake, I think, automatically goes in. Any time that Hollywood touch anything anime-related seems yeah. to fall flat on its face. We've had yeah. Dragon Ball Evolution... <laughs> Even the Ghost in the Shell movie, which you, you oh god, I, again, I, I, forget, I keep forgetting that's a film I saw this year, and it was just sort of two hours of absolute meh. It was so blah. I don't know why they pumped millions of dollars into making it. It was so superfluous and unnecessary. Um, and finally, my podcast of the year, um, I think this might have been mentioned on Geeky Brummy once or twice over the last couple of months, is Mutant Frenemy, hosted by our own George Ellesmere. Yay! And um, that is a look at everything in the Whedonverse. In the, in the entire world and works of one Joss Whedon, yes. Does that mean the Whedonverse is now officially part of the MCU? So I'd look... well, well, we did chat about this, actually, didn't we? Yeah, let's go back and listen to our first episode, Girl Power and Shrimp. We did discuss this, and we did manage to crowbar it in to make sense. It all comes down to ninja ballerinas. That's, that's the key. Yeah, Black yeah. Widow is a slayer. Mm-hmm. Mm, makes sense. Right, thanks for that. Uh, if you want to tell us your own highlights of the year, just drop us a tweet at Geeky Brummy or let us know on the Facebook page or on Instagram or any of our other social media channels. Thanks for listening to us this week on Geeky Brummy. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube where you can see some amazing conventions we went to over 2017. And thanks for joining us. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to our high-quality podcast. If you like what we do, you can support us by visiting patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio.